You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. And uh, as I mentioned there to wrap up the look at free agents uh, there through the latest wave of signings at the end of last week with the show, I said that we're going to look at some free agency grades here, and I have articles coming up at sportingnews.com that you can check out there to uh, dissect the grades and look at uh, what I have done with team by team. What we're going to do here is uh, expand on that here Locked on Fantasy Football and look at it uh, AFC and NFC wise, kind of give you the overview now. We've looked at individual signings by position at running back, wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback there for what it means to fantasy football but here we'll look at teams as a whole and what we think they look like now for 2019 based on a lot of the moves we made we'll focus on offense but also consider some of the defensive moves we made so how we're going to do this is uh, we'll do the AFC today we'll look at all the AFC I'll go down the list on how I think teams did and really ranking these teams throughout the conference and see how much they improve, see what their fantasy outlook is, a little bit preliminary. There's a lot more left to be done this offseason, including the draft, but it, it's a good place to start here, knowing where we are at this point in late March, with the free agency really cooling down, just a few minor signings here and there to uh, round out some roster depth. But the main core of these teams in terms of veterans has been uh, filled out here, the additions, the losses, and we'll have a lot more makeup here when the draft comes around and uh, some rookies of impact are bound to uh, shake up this look at the teams once more, and we'll keep you posted all the way through the draft here on Locked on Fantasy Football as your advanced scouting source for 2019. So let's dive right into the team that we did the best that's the Cleveland Browns and of course they did great here Odell Beckham Jr. comes over in the trade Kareem Hunt we know won't be a factor here for eight games they took a flyer on him so that's not a big deal but Beckham Jr. does everything that uh, the Browns want in their passing game he's going to take it to another level with Jarvis Landry of David Njoku looks like for now they're keeping Duke Johnson but they still have Nick Chubb in there they uh, really I think upgraded another part of their team with Demetrius Harris. They're a backup tight end that really is an effective player coming over from the Chiefs. So he gives them a little bit of receiving juice behind Njoku. We know what uh, the guys that were already there, Antonio Callaway and Rashard Higgins can contribute. So a very good quarterback situation for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield looking like a QB1 here. Beckham obviously a wide receiver one. I think Jarvis Landry is a pretty solid Wide receiver two, whether you're looking at standard or PPR, Nick Chubb looking like an RB1 as well. So all kinds of great things happening in Cleveland. Defensively, I think they have a shot to be special as well. 
believe a Vernon Sheldon Richardson joining the crew here. So good spot here for Cleveland. And they also got uh, Austin Corbett there ready to take over for Kevin Zeitler. So this is going to be a very explosive, balanced offensive team. And we really like that. Let's look at the next team here is the New York Jets. Uh, another team that really improved offensively here with Le'Veon Bell signing. That was the big one. They also got Jamison Crowder. Don't sleep on that one. He could be a big target here for Sam Darnold. Big in terms of volume. We know he's a smaller guy. But if Quincy Inunua, he's had some injury issues. They kept him. I think now he's going to slide more to the outside instead of a big slot. You have Robbie Anderson, of course, the big playmaker downfield, and Robbie Anderson has some nice upside. Uh, obviously, as a wide receiver, too, after what he did last year and has continued uh, the big playability transitioning from Josh McCown to Sam Darnold. But you look at uh, Jamison Crowder there, it's a guy that has done some good work in the past. He was kind of lost there in Washington, didn't really gel in the Alex Smith era there. So. Since uh, Kirk Cousins left, it's been a grind here, but I think Crowder could be in play a lot more for Sam Darnold as that uh, high-volume guy in the middle of the field working at uh, as kind of the possession guy. When you think about Le'Veon Bell as well, that he's going to get a lot of balls here in this offense. We know Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell are gone from this situation. Uh, Eli McGuire is just going to be a backup to Bell. So overall, uh, you look at Crowder and Josh Bellamy adding to this uh, receiving core it's pretty deep now when you especially when you factor in what bell can do and what tight end chris herndon can do so a pretty darn good supporting cast for sam darnold he's that sleeper back end uh, qb1 right now pretty high end qb2 that we look at so maybe catching up to mayfield a lot sooner than we think in terms of his uh, production value and you look at uh, another uh, pickup there is a uh, C.J. Mosley on defense, I think that's a great pickup. Good spot for him in IDP to really clean up, make a lot of plays for Greg Williams here. So it's a great spot for Mosley in the middle, anchoring that defense. You've got uh, on the offensive line, Kelechi Solomili helping the blocking there for Bell. So Bell's in a great situation where there's some balance. And uh, he's going to go back to being what we saw. He's got a year off. He's got fresh legs. There's no reason to think that... Uh, He's not going to be an RB1. So the Jets come in as the second AFC team we really like here. And for fantasy football purposes, offensively, pretty good deal. Now the Raiders, uh, we'll have to see this team and how it kind of formulates. They're still looking for a running back here. And I think it's smart because they can go look for that in the draft. Plenty of good backs in the draft. Maybe even Josh Jacobs from Alabama in the first round. That would be a great Compliment to what they got here. Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams are your new starting receivers. Jordy Nelson has been cut. So Brown, we know, is going to see a high volume. There's no Jared Cook here. So tight end is a void. Maybe they'll look to address that in the draft. But anyway, that's going to be a diminished position without Cook there. So Antonio Brown is the clear go-to guy with volume. Tyrell Williams has landed in a good spot because we know the Raiders are going to want to throw the ball downfield. Right now, they're looking like Derek Carr is their starter, but things could uh, change here in the draft. Maybe he'll have some competition. Maybe they'll try to dump that contract, eat some money. We'll have to see how it goes there. But regardless of who's the quarterback, Brown is going to dominate targets here. Of course, he's not on the Steelers, so there's going to be a little bit of hiccup there. We know this offense has some work tired out, especially with Carr and uh, John Gruden and all that. So there are some bumps there, but just by sheer volume alone, 
and talent alone. Talent is the number one thing you look for. I think Antonio Brown is in a very good spot to uh, balance out what he did with the Steelers. It may not be as touchdown-centric, but the targets and catches and yards are going to be pretty higher. And Tyrell Williams couldn't have asked for a better spot. Getting away from uh, the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen spot. So he's now clearly a number two receiver. You have J.J. Nelson. They took a flyer on him, the former Cardinal. There's a third receiver, so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, they've totally redone it. They got Trent Brown from the Patriots, spent big money on him to get him on their offensive line. So that helps as well, these uh, guys, because it's more protection for Derek Carr or whoever the quarterback will be, the young rookie. So that's great. Get the ball downfield a little bit more. And uh, just a good haul here by the Raiders as they overmake their offense. And I think... There's going to be a little bit uh, more of this juice in the draft, so look for that. Defensively, you had LaMarcus Joyner, Vontaze Perfect, still a lot to be desired there in terms of playmaking. You're not going to go there with uh, this team, but overall, good, good offseason for the Raiders and uh, can only get better with three first-round picks in the draft. The next team we look at is the Colts, and the Colts... uh, steady as they go. Um, Justin Houston and Devin Funches were added here. So not much here. They kind of cleared house of all these guys like Ryan Grant, Dontrell Inman, Zach Pascal. We know they're frustrating for fantasy owners. Working off T.Y. Hilton, sometimes cutting into T.Y. Hilton's production, stealing some catches. And they had Eric Swope who got into Eric Ebron's work and all kinds of mess in this offense with uh, Mo Ali Cox and a lot of mouths to feed, but now you get rid of all those guys, and you have Devin Funches there, so clearly a good position for Devin Funches. He uh, really didn't make the most of his spot in Carolina. Had his time there as the number one briefly with his catch radius, big target, but then DJ Moore came in, he kind of faded last year, so they weren't going to bring him back. The Colts get him on a bargain here as a, a bigger target on the outside, so he could cut into Eric Ebron's production here for sure because He's a guy who's big enough to finish in the red zone. So we'll have to watch that. Ebron, very touchdown dependent uh, tight end last year. Funches could eat into that for sure, but also see some pretty solid volume because he's a tour bigger outside receiver to complement uh, T.Y. Hilton. So great spot for Funches and his value here. If he can uh, kind of stay in shape, take advantage of it, uh, get that chemistry down with Andrew Luck immediately, uh, it's going to be looking good for Funches and is a potential production right now. He's a sleeper wide receiver three. I can need to see a lot more in his usage here and hear more about what's going on with him and Luck to really trust that. And defensively, the Colts are really going to come on strong here as a uh, team to watch. They added Justin Houston. That adds more pass rush potential with Marcus Hunt. So it's just a very good team overall that's uh, developing very good offense uh, the situation the running back didn't change they didn't go after Le'Veon Bell anyone like that so Marlon Mack they really like what he can do strong offensive line so Mack it's a pretty strong offseason for him that they didn't change things too much there in Indianapolis and uh, overall the Colts uh, very happy with uh, where they're going Chris Ballard a little limited with the spending but offensively defensively This is going to be one of the most attractive teams in fantasy football. And one more team we'll talk about before taking a break. The Baltimore Ravens. You have uh, 
Earl Thomas, Mark Ingram are the key additions there. Earl Thomas, you look at it, the defensive playmaking, a little bit of concern because he lost C.J. Mosley, Zadarius Smith, and uh, Terrell Suggs. So Earl Thomas uh, makes up for some of that because he also lost Eric Weddle here. So tough breaks defensively. So I'm not just locking into the Ravens defensively. They didn't make enough plays last year. They were up and down. They were only usable in certain games when they could dominate and get a ton of sacks. But... No, there's definitely some pass rush lost here, so we're not going there, but Thomas is in a good position to clean up and make a lot of plays, especially with no Mosley. So in IDP, Thomas find a very good spot. Defensively, they are not as good, but offensively, Mark Ingram is in a great spot here because we know they had Gus Edwards kind of finish the season. Alex Collins was in the doghouse. Now Alex Collins is a former Raven. Ty Montgomery and Buck Allen, they've had zero interest in bringing these two guys back. So maybe looking for a complimentary receiving type back in the draft. There, they were tied to Josh Jacobs, the current running back from Alabama. But now they go to an old one who won the Heisman there, Mark Ingram, coming over from the Saints. This is what the Ravens want to do, run downhill, really support Lamar Jackson. So immediately he's going to be the guy over Gus Edwards, who's limited. Mark Ingram, we know, can run to the outside, bounce out. And help you in the passing game as well. So great spot for Ingram as well. And right now you have to look at Ingram as a RB2 there. Depending on what happens if they get the complimentary back in the draft. But good spot for him. Breakaway from Alvin Kamara a little bit. But land in an offense where run, run, run is going to be the key. With Lamar Jackson having full control of that offense. Now make sure that uh, you're downloading... Locked on fantasy football on a regular basis. And uh, the great place to get it is using Himalaya. And you can get it from other places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can download it. But Himalaya is just a great platform for you to do so. And uh, just makes it easier. And uh, it's so easy to download and play our shows because you have a smart speaker, whether you're at home in the car. Just say play Locked on fantasy football. And you're good to go and uh, listen to the show here. And uh, it's, I can't recommend the platform enough. Uh, Himalaya is where you want to have the best portal into uh, our podcast here. So check it out for sure. And uh, it, we're looking forward to keep bringing you the best ways as we keep climbing up, upward and upward. Uh, and Himalaya is helping us do that for sure. So we thank them again for helping us deliver this podcast uh, to everyone in the most convenient form and uh, hope that you're enjoying listening and uh, please always feel free to provide feedback on uh, what we could do better on our shows. Be right back here to look at the next wave of AFC teams and their free agency grades. Okay, we're now up to the Jaguars here. We've uh, gone up about halfway through the AFC, not quite there, but they're in the B range here. So we went through the A's there, which uh, we gave a few. Uh, looking at the Browns, Jets, and Raiders, we really like them. The Colts uh, came in at B+. Ravens led our Bs. Now the Jaguars joined that group as well. You have uh, Nick Foles coming in. We know that Nick Foles is... Capable of carrying an offense, putting it on his back. You have Chris Conley coming in to replace Dante Moncrief. So he's right now the 2A receiver. D.D. Westbrook is who I consider to be the A 
number one receiver there in the slot with Keelan Cole. You know, maybe he faded. Keelan Cole was a fantasy sensation early. They had that Patriots game, then kind of just disappeared as Blake Bortles and the passing game just kind of disappeared in Jacksonville. But Conley has some upside here because big playmaker Foles has some familiarity from their time with the Chiefs. So Conley, good, good spot here, especially with Moncrief leaving. And I think he ended up being more one of the more out, effective outside receivers for this team when it was all said and done in his one-year cup of coffee there. So Conley will try to fare a little bit better. And they moved on from uh, Austin Samaria Jenkins, brought in Jeff Swaim to pair with uh, James O'Shaughnessy. So you got uh, some receiving juice at tight end. It could be a little bit better. At running back, uh, they cleared house a little bit with uh, Carlos Hyde not uh, coming back. TJ Yeldon, uh, they haven't re-signed him. At this point, Corey Grant is still out there. So Leonard Fournette, they feel pretty confident, I guess, that Leonard Fournette is fully healthy. Might still look for a complimentary kind of all-around back to back him up in the draft. I would expect them to do that at this point. But they have to feel pretty confident Fournette to not uh, try to bring back Yeldon at a price here. So there's that takeaway. And the Foles, we're going to watch him. I think he's definitely a QB2 because he's a running team first. If see how, how the weapons play out. If they go out and get some more weapons, they need a little bit more pass protection and all that. So there are things to be watched there. Defensively, they got Jake Ryan from the Packers, but coming off some major injury, they did lose Malik Jackson from their defense. Malik was kind of fading anyway in their particular scheme. So we'll see if that defense can rebound. I don't know if Ryan is the guy to do it, but there are some people around him like uh, Talvin Smith and we know the secondary with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson was also lost here for the Jaguars. So they're kind of shaking up the defense a little bit, but got the most of the guys they had, and now they're moving on and uh, trying to rebuild that defense the way it was a couple years ago, dominating in fantasy football. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. I don't think their defense are going to lock into and say we're going to draft them for sure. I think they more fall in the streaming category we'll see if the Ryan kind of flyer pans out. The next team I have here is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are looking pretty good here in terms of their rebuild. Uh, they're not great for fantasy football, however. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. We know he's a gun for hire for fantasy football. He's got some decent weapons. Uh, Kenny Stills, there, still there. Devontae Parker gets a second chance with his new coaching staff led by uh, Brian Flores, Chris Greer. The GM, um, so not much to see fantasy football-wise. They cleared out Frank Gore, which is good news for Kenny and Drake. Dynasty owners and Kenny and Drake uh, draft enthusiasts here in fantasy, so he's looking like the clear guy here with the new coaching staff. I think that was the best thing to happen for Drake. No more Adam Gaze mystery and all that. Gore's gone. Gore cut into Drake quite a bit, so maybe they'll add a complimentary back here, but Drake is the man here, and he finished very strong last year. I know there were a lot of complaints about his usage, but he still had some very solid production and some high-volume games, and that's going to be cemented here with Gore gone. They did lose Juwan James at tackle. That's going to hurt them a little bit, but most of all, they just cleared a lot of age here. So getting a little younger, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's one of those guys that can facilitate the running game because he's a threat in the passing game. He's not going to be just a pushover like a... We've seen with Case Keenum 
and not really helping your offense as much can hurt it more. Fitzpatrick, he's a gunslinger, can have those mistake games at time, but he's fearless, he's a veteran uh, that's going to help the running game do well and uh, help these receivers as well in the bridge quarterback situation for the Dolphins. We look at our next team, the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. Uh, so far, the biggest news is Rob Gronkowski is not retired. So that looks like the case that he'll return the longer and longer we go, and there's no decision or official word from Gronkowski. It looks pretty clear that he's going to come back here. So that's good news. They did only sign Matt Lacoste in free agency, one tight end. You can look at one of the draft, of course, but he's pretty much the replacement and I think an upgrade from Dwayne Allen in terms of some receiving potential. There, they added Maurice Harris, Bruce Ellington there. So two slot options, especially with Chris Hogan leaving, uh, not being re-signed, Cordell Patterson. I know he's more of a kick returner, but he's out of the mix. So, again, reshuffling this receiving core a little bit. We know Julian Edelman is the man in that spot. Uh, they still need to find some outside threats. Uh, Ellington and Harris some more inside guys. Harris has shown a little bit outside pop with Washington, but... We'll have to see how that plays out. Josh Gordon was tendered as a restricted free agent, but he's got uh, all those issues off the field before we know if he's going to be a factor. But they did keep him notably, so they still could have him in the plans here for 2019. So you can't totally forget about that. But the Patriots overall didn't overspend, didn't really lose too much. They're pretty much status quo. I mean, defensively, they did lose Trey Flowers there and Malcolm Brown for their defensive line but you know how they are they manufacture uh, defense and find different guys versatile players and all that and offensively really when you look at Tom Brady not hurt one bit because Chris Hogan was fading anyway in this offense last year and moved on to other receivers and Josh Gordon could be gravy once again as we move on to the B-minus teams it's uh, the Denver Broncos and uh, with the Broncos uh they traded out Case came for Joe Flacco. I really approve of that move. Now, what you've seen now is this team is pretty run-oriented. They added Jawan James to help block here. Defensively, Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson to uh, kind of reshuffle their defense for Vic Fangio. Fangio got great play from Callahan in the slot last year before Callahan got hurt late in the season in Chicago. So Jackson, Callahan, I like the versatility playing inside and outside for this team. And, uh, Solid defensive help, and this is a sleeper defense to watch, especially with Fangio's influence on uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and having some pop on the back end. And with that, the complementary part of it is going to be the heavy run-heavy team in uh, Denver. So we uh, will expect that from them uh, going forward. It makes sense. Hard nose mentality. We'll see if they draft a quarterback here to change things up with Flacco, but... Flacco, at least, is a veteran. We'll see who he connects with most. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back, so figured he'd be the lead to connect with. But there's also Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton in their second years. Uh, Jeff Hireman is returning as well. So we'll have to see how that plays out, pay real attention to where Joe Flacco's chemistry is because we know he tends to gravitate to one guy we've seen in the past. In Baltimore, it's been Dennis Pitta. We've seen Anquan Bolden be the guy, Steve Smith be the guy. Mike Wallace is the guy one year, so <laughs> Joe Flacco tends to gravitate to one player like that that he trusts the most all over the field. It was John Brown for much of last year, so that's the thing we're going to watch. Is it Sutton? Is it Hamilton? Is it Sanders? Is it Hireman? Where the pecking order starts with the Flacco receivers. 
And our next team here in this uh, same category that uh, we look at from the AFC is the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, we will look at them and say, okay, not too much here. They lost Tyrell Williams. That means Mike Williams steps up there as a clear wide receiver too with some wide receiver one upside with the way he finished some of the games, those monster Chiefs games that he had. But now Mike Williams is being trusted a fully capable uh, top all-around wide receiver here. So it's a great spot for Mike Williams to have this happen. Uh, defensively, they added Thomas Davis, lost Darius Phelan, and uh, Corey Legit from their defensive line. Jason Verrett was always hurt, not playing. Jaleel Adai was a safety depth there for them with all their crowd there. So bounced back well with Thomas Davis, kept Denzel Perryman as well. Tyrod Taylor is your new backup for Philip Rivers. And of course, that's irrelevant to fantasy football because Philip Rivers never gets hurt. Now, we jump down into our C teams. These are teams that had some volume, but they were pretty average overall. So you look at uh, this next team, it's the Tennessee Titans at C. I like the volume here. And for fantasy football, it's a little bit better. For reality football, I don't like it as much, but fantasy, it's better. They added Roger Saffold, pretty much replacing Josh Klein and Quentin Spain, the two guards there. So kind of a trade out there. I don't think that initially upgrades them too much because Saffold was really playing off uh, having Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan there and really benefiting in his older days there with the Rams. He's a solid starter, but nothing that's going to suddenly put them in stratosphere, especially when you lose Klein and Spain. Uh, you add Adam Humphreys to this mix. Uh, that's the most intriguing pickup here. Adam Humphreys, we know, was locked in with James Winston a lot, working the slot, really helping the Bucks. He was really the Bucks' best option at wide receiver. But then uh, you look at... Uh, him and now in this situation, he's really the two automatically behind Corey Davis uh, there, and they've moved different guys around to complement Corey Davis. We've seen the Taiwan Taylor types and all that, and uh, Tajay Sharps, but really Humphrey steps in. He, they paid him a lot of money to be a busy target here, and they missed that slot option. And we know this is a team tied to the Patriots with John Robinson, Mike Rabel, and all that, so they want that key slot guy to be a volume player, so Humphreys automatically steps into some wide receiver three, modestly PPR status, I think it could be higher than that based on where he landed, so Humphreys is the most upside thing to look here, now Cameron Wake, they added him uh, defensively and. uh, Gives them a little depth on the pass rush. And Ryan Tannehill gives them depth behind Mariota. We know Mariota's hurt often. So Tannehill, a good mobile type quarterback. They're kind of built the same, do the same things athletically. So makes a lot of sense that Tannehill is the guy. But Humphreys is the pickup that stands out here. Our next team in the C range is the Buffalo Bills. And uh, the Bills did some good upgrades to their offensive line. That's where they stand out. To me, everything else kind of balances out to make it average, but you have Mitch Morse, their new center. You got a new guard starting in Spencer Long, new offensive tackle starting in Ty Neschke. So you got a rebuild offensive line. I think they need another step here in the draft to round out left tackle, but it's better for Josh Allen overall and better for this running game. Now with ancient LaShawn McCoy being joined by ancient Frank Gore. So 
LaShawn McCoy keeps going and going. Maybe they'll look at a back in the draft here, but to really complicate things. But we know Gore can already throw some complication there. He's good friends with McCoy, so McCoy probably won't mind if Gore cuts into his work a little bit as Gore climbs up the rushing charts and all that. We we thought the Frank Gore farewell tour was already there with the Colts, but continued with the Dolphins, kind of Drake's value there, you know, it's going to cut in here a little bit to McCoy's value, but it's a backfield that doesn't really appeal to me. I think the offensive line upgrades help a little bit, but just until we see some more even keel from Josh Allen, I think you have to look at any Buffalo lead back as more of an RB2 here. Now, they added John Brown and Cole Beasley. They don't do much for me in terms of immediate value here because you do have Robert Foster and Zay Jones. I have to see how it plays out. I don't know how much they upgrade here. John Brown said the injury issues. He had that hot start with uh, Joe Flacco last year, but uh, it's going to be tough here to uh, determine uh, this exact value for Josh Allen. I mean, we know the running was a big part of his value last year. I mean, it can't hurt to have Brown and Beasley in there. I just don't know how much of an impact, especially – when Foster and Jones can be a little bit more effective, he also added Andre Roberts, but part of it is for the kick return game as well. So some decent pickups there. Tyler Croft at tight end is going to help, of course. Uh, replace Charles Clay. They didn't use the tight end as much because you have Josh Allen being a downfield thrower. So they lose Charles Clay and Logan Thomas. So good opportunity for Croft maybe to be productive. So there are some pieces here. We just want to see them connect the dots a little bit and see Josh Allen improve as a passer before we're going to go there totally. But we know that he does have the QB1 potential because of the arm strength and the athleticism running. So you can't count on that. However, him running in for touchdowns and big yards week after week, that's just not practical there. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. It's going to have to be some throwing improvement in situation there to retain fantasy value. So that's what we're going to look at mostly with all these new additions. And uh, speaking of new additions here, we got our MLB podcast ready to go in full swing for the season as opening day is on Thursday. So add that to the mix here of your must listen on the Locked On Network. Uh, so check out all this team by team podcast about to launch here. Uh, a lot of new voices on the network that we're happy to bring in and so check out those shows and uh bring you some uh, great insight there and don't forget we're in full swing of course with the draft locked on nfl draft the draft dudes podcast brought to you by the draft network here some good stuff uh, from all our hosts there uh, led by john Leonard and trevor sikama so good stuff check that out team by team podcast as well to get you through the NFL draft. Uh, so MLB, if you're looking for that, we've got you. NFL keeps going on here. We've got fantasy here. Uh, don't forget NBA as well as we reach the playoffs. So if you want to know everything about your favorite sport and your favorite team, Locked On Fantasy Football has you covered uh, here throughout the offseason and in season for your listening pleasure. We'll be right back here to take a final look at the uh, AFC team grades with the teams that did the worst in the conference. All right, it's uh, time to uh, look at the final teams here, and uh, we'll start with uh, the Houston Texans. And uh, now we've dropped into the C-range, so not the greatest here. Uh, So 
Overall, the Texans uh, added Tayshawn Gibson and Bradley Roby to their secondary, but they also lost Tyron Matthew, Kareem Jackson, Kevin Johnson, Kayvon Webster, Sharice Wright. So this secondary is kind of, uh, after Jonathan Joseph, it's uh, seeing a lot of change there. Roby is a good recovery type player. He's going to start, obviously, in this group. Uh, uh, they have Andre Howell at safety, so they hope that he can rebound and be fully healthy here. Tayshawn Gibson is going to start with him there. So there's a lot of Texans-Jaguars crossover in defense, I feel. Uh, they got Aaron Colvin last year didn't quite work out. They've added Brian Boldy Body Calhoun. Yeah, that's an actual player's name. But he's in now providing a little bit more depth. But Roby is going to be starter. Gibson the starter. That helps the secondary a little bit. But for our purposes in fantasy football, Darren Fells, a tight end, I don't think that moves the needle at all for us. So this is still the Deshaun Watson, the Lamar Miller, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Will Fuller show. So the status quo, at least for the Texans for now with their offense, uh, they haven't moved on Lamar Miller, so it looks like it's still him, although Dante Foreman, we'll see if he's healthy, and they trust him more as a back. There's some questions about that, so we'll see what they do. If there's any more actions about backs, uh, we'd like to see a little bit more of this offensive line. That Watson was battered. The running game could slow down a little bit. They only added Matt Khalil, so that doesn't really inspire much at all. So we'll see what happens with the Texans there, and we'll go from there. Uh, and... We look at the Steelers next here. Uh, they added uh, Dante Moncrief, so that was their recovery plan from Antonio Brown, at least in the short term. But no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell, no Jesse James. So what it's looking like is Juju Smith-Schuster, clear-cut wide receiver one going forward. Dante Moncrief, sleeper, is a, a wide receiver three. Vance McDonald, without James, really climbs into tight end one status. Ben Roethlisberger, what do you do there? I think you have to curb your expectations a little bit because... You have a lot of rising young quarterbacks. Is Roethlisberger still QB1? I'd say still on the back end because of the keys to this offense. But overall, some questions there. They added Steven Nelson and Mark Barron to their defense. So not bad, complimentary pieces. They do fill some needs here in that back seven. But overall, um, upgrades to a lot of the people that are there. And with Le'Veon Bell officially gone, we know that uh, we'll see how this... uh, backfield plays out but you could see a more split with the uh, Jalen Samuels and James Conner this has been a one back team mostly so I would still think it's a lot of Conner but Samuels did show something there but that's it so so upgrades for everyone Conner Sh- Smith Schuster McDonald all locked into bigger roles here on their team our next team that we look at is the Bengals and uh the Bengals uh nothing that exciting. They brought back C.J. Uzuma and Tyler Eifert, moved on from Tyler Croft. They're talking about moving John Ross at some point, so that could change the way things are. But Bengals are never a shake-up status quo team, except for their new head coach. So a lot of things in transition here, but you still figure that A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon are going to be the big key pieces I hear. Maybe Eifert and Uzuma are the more of a committee here, which is frustrating. And we know with Zach Taylor coming over from the Rams, they had uh, Gerald Everett and uh, Tyler Higby in that split there. So I don't see much there. So at least with the Bengals, it's pretty clear that Taylor's just going to try to improve the connection and production there that involves a green and Boyd. 
in the passing game mainly, they're your two best receivers by far with Ross fading, and Ross may not fit this offense anyway. And Mixon being a key part there as a workhorse. Uh, Taylor coming over from the Rams, you figure Mixon is going to get a little bit of Todd Gurley-type status there. And finally, we look at the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Now, you look at... Uh, their pickups at Tyron Matthew, Alex Okafor, Damian Wilson, Carlos Hyde in the mix behind uh, Damian Williams as another backup as they lose Spencer Ware. Bashad Breland, they also picked up at corner. So they did some good things there, but then you look at Breland, replaces Steven Nelson, downgrade. Mitch Morse, they lost in center, downgrade. They lost D. Ford and Justin Houston, both by choice. Traded Ford, cut Houston. This was the top pass rushing team in the NFL. Production for fantasy in that sense in certain matchups, that's gone now. You just have Chris Jones there in the middle. So they got to replace the pass rush here. They did a little bit with Okafor. Damian Wilson is more of a range, normal linebacker, blowing up this defense. Fired Bob Sutton. So there's that. But they added Matthew, but they also cut Eric Berry. So we're not quite sure that the Chiefs are actually better. I think they've downgraded everywhere when you look overall there we thought Barry and Matthew together could be good but now Matthew is your replacement for Barry so it's a a lot of things in flux they also lost Demetrius Harris who don't forget was a big part of the offensive times and Kareem Hunt we'll see if Damian Williams can hold up there as a feature guy but looks like at least that's staying status quo here no more Chris Conley we have to see the situation with Tyreek Hill it's kind of been a brutal offseason so far so if Tyreek Hill could face some uh, discipline or something down the line here. So not the greatest offseason for Patrick Mahomes and keeping up that MVP production type status here. So we'll have to watch all of that, uh, losing weapons like uh, Conley and Harris. So very interesting there for the Chiefs. But uh, I think overall, I won't say the Chiefs are a better team in reality. In fantasy, you got the magic of Mahomes, and we saw he could get it done with Williams and Travis Kelsey. And Hill makes you concerned a little bit, uh, and uh, we'll see how they round out their receiving core. So they definitely need a little bit more help to make us feel that uh, Patrick Mahomes can have another monster season or if he's going to cool down more into the 30-touchdown pass range where we've seen a lot of regression to the mean even after the biggest seasons there from Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. So... That would not be a surprise, but uh, especially now, given that some of the things that have happened with the Chiefs off season and their downgrades in this era, and uh, I think they've fallen behind maybe even the Browns and Colts in uh, pushing the Patriots here for the AFC Championship. So that's a surprise, but the Colts were a surprise team last year. The Browns are a team on the rise. The Chiefs really rough off season so far. Maybe they recover well in the draft. So there you have it. There's a look at the AFC team grades in free agency. We'll actually take a, tomorrow off. We'll come back on Wednesday, let you dissect the show. We'll come back and talk about the NFC team by team grades there in uh, free agency for you there. So check it out on uh, Locked on Fantasy Football as we continue here through the offseason, giving as much advanced scouting information and insight as possible. And remember, download us on Himalaya. It's a great new way to get podcasts. And uh, wherever you get your podcasts, we're 
really thankful and uh, keep on listening and we'll keep on producing for Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time with our NFC off-season free agent grades.